You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. Before we go back into like a sacred mental space moment, let's go ahead and kind of chat a little bit about what we're going to do tonight. So we're on this series that's more or less about inner healing. In order to find inner healing, one of the things I like to lead people through is pursuing sacred space. So lastly, what we did was we pursued sacred space within this building, recognizing that throughout the Bible, as strange as it sounds, though God is everywhere because he is omnipresent. There actually are some spaces throughout the Bible over and over again where God is more present, if you will. I don't know if that's the way you would say it, but he's, he's manifest in such a sense that people can recognize it as though his glory comes. People really sense his, his presence in those moments. And so we went throughout the church at the end of last week and we prayed over the whole building. Uh, I don't know if anybody had any stories happen to you while you were praying over the building. If so, I'd love to hear it, but... I at least know with uh, one of the people that I was working with, uh, they felt called to kind of go to the basement and pray over things. And uh, they were on their phone while we were supposed to be praying. And uh, <laughs> while we were walking, we, we came up to this door and suddenly it just like sparked them. Uh, and they're like, I feel like we should pray right here. And you know, like we're taking a stab in the dark. Is this, is this the Holy Spirit guiding us or are we just, uh, you know, feeling things, whatever. So they put their phone down, we start praying there, and I realized the very spot where we were praying over that particular room in the basement, right before we had our reveal conference, which was the week of COVID when it hit, um, that that whole spot in the basement blew up uh, with sewage. Uh, because for some reason that I'll never understand architecturally, community actions pipes go through our basement. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, something happened somewhere. Someone flushed something that caused our entire basement to be filled with sewage. The day before, we were supposed to have the biggest event that we've ever put on here at 1208. Um, and, you know, is that something? Is that not something? I don't know. But we prayed and uh, just continued to kind of cleanse the building. And some of the stories that I have heard of going on uh, down there actually in prior businesses here, like people were treated rather inhumanely in the work environment. So, uh, you know, whatever. We prayed and we cleansed space. This is our space here in, in uh, Jackson on this corner in the Flatiron District. So we, we take it and we cleanse it. Now, today we talk about trying to create a space for us personally. Now, that's hard to do because we, um, we are several parts that make up the whole gamut of who we are as people. Jesus calls us to love God with our, all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. He recognizes that there's different compartments within the human being that need to be yielded over to worship God in fullness. And one of the things that I've learned over time is to work to craft out a mental space that in a sense, almost feels like a spiritual place or a spirit place to meet with the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways in which I kind of came to this conclusion at one point is because Paul talks about listening to the Holy Spirit in the same way he talks about listening to our own spirit. So if you were to think of you as science, right, but within you is your spirit, Paul says um, we know the depths of our own hearts. 
but we also know the depths of God's heart because his spirit is in us. And the way in which Paul talks about that, it just made me realize like, okay, so I've got my spirit in me and God's spirit in me. And if I search the depths, if, I, if, if what searching the depths of my heart sounds like is like thoughts, well then I should expect that God's heart within me also sounds like thoughts. Or some of you might be programmed in other ways. Uh, daydreaming is big for me. And that was when sitting in that office, just one day is like, God, I'm going to try to daydream with you because I daydream my whole life. And I'm going to yield that over to you and see what happens. Little did I know at the time that I was joining in something that I think the Bible talks about uh, with the prophets. Uh, uh, the Bible distinguishes between a vision of the night, which is what? Anybody? A dream. And a vision within like the day, or just like a day vision or just a vision, right? So if, if a vision of the night is a dream, what's well, a dream when you're awake? It's like a daydream. It's a yielding of, of your spirit, yielding of your mind over to Christ to see where he takes it. I started kind of, uh, I eventually just happened to pull up a book from one of my favorite authors. He's a pastor, a theologian. His name's Greg Boyd. He's got a book called Seeing is Believing. And I was surprised as I was reading through this book. It's a big scholarly study on how people have used this daydreaming tactic all throughout the history of the church to meet with the Holy Spirit. To create a space where God then meets you. And you and him kind of meet in an inner room of sorts to, to speak together. And I realized, like, that's exactly what I was doing with these daydreams. I was finding God in those moments. So the things that were being said, the things I was thinking, the things that I was seeing were so much more, more <laughs> they're so much smarter than I expected for it to just be myself. They were so much more revealing than I expected for it to just be myself. So I ended up crafting out this, this space, uh, this daydream space that I always go back to when I need to talk to Jesus. And I don't really want to tell you my space. I probably have before, uh, but like, it, I actually wrote a whole song about it. If you know one of my songs that's complete nonsense, it's because I'm describing my space. <laughs> it's called Sunflower Beanstalks. Okay, so I guess I'm describing my space a little bit. I hone in on this one sunflower to help me kind of focus in. And then I, I watch it grow until it kind of turns this whole beanstalk and goes up in, into the sky. And once it's done that, I then find myself asking Jesus to come into the room, well, into the field really where I am on a hill, and meet with me there. And over time, I've asked the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to present themselves in different ways to me. So. When Jesus first showed up, he looked like a Funko Pop, <laughs> you know, those little little toys, because I'm a nerd. Uh, but eventually he just kind of ended up looking like maybe what you would expect I would think Jesus would look like. Uh, the Holy Spirit would often be represented as wind, and the Father would often be represented as, like, Aslan. So between the three of these, I would meet in a daydream and see what God would have to say. Sometimes if I'm looking for prophetic words, if I need to pray over someone... I'll go to this space and then I'll imagine bringing that person before Jesus and saying, what do you want to say to this person? And uh, sometimes you hear things and sometimes you don't. 
it's similar to trying to listen to God. Sometimes you hear him speak and other times you don't. Sometimes you're trying to discern, okay, was that my thought or was that God's thoughts? And then other times you're trying to discern, okay, is this my thought, God's thought, or is this a demonic thought that's trying to make its way in? And I've seen all of those different times. Uh, Greg Boyd talks about in another one of his books called Escaping the Matrix, he talks about working with this one girl who um, is following Jesus her whole life. She's in college in Boyd's class, and uh, she's just got a lot of pain. Like she feels like Jesus rejects her. And so he, he helps her go to like an inner space like this. And as they go there, um, he asks her to bring Jesus into the picture. And she sees him, but he's across a canyon with his back towards her. Now, scripturally, does that make any sense? Is that, is that Jesus? He's got our back to us, doesn't care about us far away? No. So the Bible doesn't talk about Jesus like that. And so Boyd keeps telling her passages to help her correct this moment in her mind. Say, you know, like, think, think of a few. What would you say if someone was going through that? I'd do something like, the Bible says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to us. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus loves us and he wants to be close to us. Uh, nothing can separate us from Christ. Uh, angels nor demons, nothing. And he works through all these things. And over the course of like an hour She's finally able to convince herself to scripturally let Jesus turn around. And then within time after that, the chasm closes. Jesus comes all the way up to her and she's just bawling her eyes out. Now, does that just sound like a random mental moment? I'd say no, that was a moment where she met with the Holy Spirit in an inner sacred spiritual mental place. The Holy Spirit really showed up. Now, as a real example, like if it just sounds like, okay, Jaren, it's just weird. It's just, it's a nice little practice, but it's probably nothing really to it. It's just you convincing your mind. Here's what I've learned over uh, the last uh, few months or so. When I'm doing deliverances, when I'm trying to cast demons out of people, I have them create these sacred spaces where they can go and meet. What's interesting is before these demons ever manifest, I'll ask them, what is their name? And they'll see these demons, and they'll see how many there are, and they'll ask them their names. They'll tell them what their name is, and then they'll tell me. And then I'll make the demon manifest, and sure enough, the demon says that its name is exactly what the person told me it was. Now that right there, they've gone into an inner room, and they've listened to the different thoughts that were there, in this case, demonic. But in hearing these thoughts, they actually were hearing voices of other entities within them. And then we move through and we cast them out by name. We take authority over their name. But the amount of things that would come up in those moments, like the inter, the inter, the inner room of, of meeting the Holy Spirit, who is always there, like the demons might be over there, but the Holy Spirit's always right here. So we're turning to the Holy Spirit and asking, what should we do about this situation? The Holy Spirit's speaking to us too. And he's visually giving us things to go off of. I've seen people just bawling their eyes out over the things that they see in this, this inner room. I myself have bawled my eyes out in this inner room. Jody one time turned to me as I was lying in bed and just trying to yield my thoughts over to God. And, and the things that I saw in that moment as he was, in this case, convicting me of some, some of my anger, uh, 
I was bawling my eyes out. It was not just a simple moment. The Holy Spirit came strongly on me. And so I've seen the tangibility of this, not just throughout the Bible, not just throughout church history, but I've legitimately seen it right in front of me. These, these are moments to create supernatural connections to meet with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we do with it. Uh, we go to those spaces to, to hear God's thoughts and then um, dwell with Him there. So uh, what we're going to do for the rest of this, because this series is pretty more focused on being experiential, um, I'm going to have you craft your own inner space. Now, this takes some work, takes some time, and some of you, you're just probably not uh, uh, visual people. I encourage you, though, to, to try hard anyway. See, see what happens as God creates a space for you to meet with Him. Uh, and then, um, as you do that, uh, I'll kind of coach you through as we go to listen to God's voice and to connect with Him. And you never know. Sometimes things will happen quickly. Sometimes they take a while. I've got the same place I go back to every time because I found that it helps to not have to build a new place every time to just go meet Jesus where I always do. Just like in your own life, you might have a space where you go meet with God, like a prayer walk in a part of the woods where it's just a common place for you to catch up with Him. This is what we're doing internally. Um, Actually, I think even of this morning, this morning I woke up and turned one of my friends over to God and said, what do I need to do for them? And I immediately saw a copy of the Message Bible, <laughs> which I, I used to read the Message Bible a lot. I have no problem with the Message Bible, but I've gone from this complete uh, paraphrase to almost always reading uh, a very direct translation because it helps me with trying to um, understand some of the things that ancient people are getting at. Uh, but I specifically saw Jesus with the Message Bible. And I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do with that? And then the passage came to my mind, Songs of uh, Solomon, <laughs> 8.12, which I'm like, okay, I should be afraid that God would give me any passage out of that book because you just never know what you're going to open up and point to. I opened it up in the ESV, uh, and it said something not that powerful. It was just like... I don't even remember. It, it didn't catch my attention at all. I was like, okay, I was wrong. Well, I'll open it in the message anyways. And I opened it in the message, and it said the same statement, but so intensely, so powerfully, and spoke so directly to the situation at hand. That I was like, oh, <laughs> well, okay. Maybe, I guess I'm not making this up. Anything else, God? And then he sent me to the Song of Solomon uh, uh, 4.12 in the message. I went over there. It connected perfectly to um, this other part. And then uh, I coached my friend kind of through that sacred space. Sure enough, at the end of all that, these passages talked about gardens. At the end of their time in the sacred space, their sacred space just exploded into a garden. And they didn't even remember all the stuff that I told them that morning. I had to remind them. Like these are the ways in which the Holy Spirit works. Powerfully, tangibly, he meets us in our mind. He meets us in our heart. He meets us in our soul. He meets us in our strength. And we need to yield all of that over to God to, to meet with him. So here's the first thing I'll do. Elisha asked someone to, uh, some kings asked Elisha to prophesy over them. And Elisha's first response was, fetch me a musician. The musician played and then the hand of the Lord. So like the power of God came on him and he prophesied. So first thing we're going to do is set the stage as the prophets practice with some music. 
doesn't even say that Elisha uh, listened to worship music. It just says music. So I'm going to set the stage with some music, and then I'm going to give you step by step some things so that you can create your own sacred space. And you know, you're probably not going to have time to to do this all right now. But I'm going to help you create the space, and then you'll have the ability to come back to this throughout the week to keep checking in and, and see what happens in that space as you yield your thoughts over to God and what He does. So, uh, if you can, go ahead and create, uh, well, go ahead and just close your eyes, bow your heads, and uh, yield your thoughts over to God, and then I'll start telling you what to do from there. and start designing a space just like a daydream make sure that it's pleasant make sure it's somewhere that you would want to return make sure it carries with it fruit of the spirit so however it's designed it should reflect love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control these are the kind of characteristics that the holy spirit grows you don't need to take my place make your own but Let it be a place where it feels peaceful. Let it be a place where it feels like you could listen easily. So go ahead and take a few minutes and do that. And as you do it, add more and more details into it.
Just one. Something that's already here. Sometimes when we're trying to enter into a mental sacred space, it's hard to get quiet to do it. And sometimes it's hard for us to just throw ourselves right back into the sacred room because it takes time to concentrate and build it back up. So what you're going to do right now is choose one thing to focus your mind on and this is going to be the one thing that you choose to bring yourself back here whenever you need to do it so like for me early on it was that sunflower and i would always focus on it and watch it grow up into a giant beanstalk and watching that animation if you will anytime i needed to that would help me come back here quickly rather than spend half an hour trying to quiet my mind because the rest of everything would just come in right behind it. Now to the point that I don't even focus on the sunflower, I actually have the time to even see it anymore because I've done it so many times I can get back quickly. But because you're starting off, this is your way to get back quick. So choose one thing and if there's an animation that it needs to do to kind of bring about the rest of it, go ahead and do that now. Just Watch the animation fade in, fade out, fade in, fade out, everything around you fading in and out with it so you can get used to that practice. Please come and continue to guide our time forward. For those who are struggling to imagine anything at all, would you break through in their minds right now?
space for you, God. We want to hear from you. Help us keep crafting it. Right, the next thing you're going to do is invite Jesus into this sacred space you've made. And he may look different to you than the person next to you, and that's totally okay. For a friend of mine, he looks like Gandalf <laughs> sometimes. But what he does look like should match what the Bible says. You are not creating a space where you meet with a Jesus that does not look like the Bible. Think of the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek. Jesus loves you. Jesus draws near to you. Jesus wants to be with you. So make sure that Jesus who's coming in is actually Jesus and not a figment of your own creation. The Bible says that he already lives in all of us. The Bible interchangeably will call the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is Jesus. He's already in you. just asking him to meet you in this spot in this way so go ahead you're not making Jesus in your own image you're asking him to present himself in the image that is helpful for you to see him
final step. Ask him for a word or to show you something. Now this can go a lot of different ways. You may hear a thought come into your head. And I challenge you, rather than just say, ah, oh, that's just my thought, stop and discern it. Is what is said, does it match the Bible? And this is step one of all prophetic stuff, okay? If you ever hear a word from God that does not match the Bible, it's not a word from God. So that's how you discern. The more familiar you get with the Bible, the more familiar you'll be able to discern what he's saying. But ask him for some kind of evidence that this is him. Other things you might do is you might bring a memory to your mind. You might suddenly be taken to a different place to re-experience something or something he wants to work through with you. Or he might do something. You might see him react in such a way that catches you off guard. And it might be strange, but stop and ask, is that you? And if so, why did you do that? I know we're, we're baby steps into this. We're just been here for 20 minutes, but this kind of stuff, uh, the more familiar you get with it, the more you'll be able to discern it quickly. The more tangible you'll see things. So ask for something. See what he gives you.
Now in your final moments, take that object that you focused on to bring this here. And slowly watch the animation go out and then open your eyes. I would love to hear your stories, but um, some of you have football, and most of you are probably far too drained of energy now to go watch it, but hey, <laughs> have a good night. Uh, try this more throughout the week. This will be helpful as we go throughout the series. You're going to find it a good thing to return to over and over again. Uh, we will catch you guys next Sunday, if not sooner. Thanks.